Well, it's nice to see a full house this evening. Um, it's been a while since I talked in front of a crowd, so I may be a little bit nervous tonight. Um, I got an amazing story to tell. It's my story, um, how I came to know the Lord. Um, I grew up, like Randy said, in a small farm south of, uh, just, I guess it would have been South Yorkton, about three miles outside of Bangor. And we had all kinds of uh, animals on our farm. It was like an old McDonald farm. Uh, we <clears throat> grew up, and uh, it was it was a good it was a good childhood. Um, went to church, um, went to Catholic church because my dad was Catholic, my grandpa was Catholic, and a lot of those. And uh, it was good. I went to catechism, confirmed in Catholic church, and uh, when I was five. We'll go back a bit. When I was five, um, my parents decided to become foster parents. And so with social services, uh, we had kids come through our farm uh, from all ages, right from babies right up to 16 years old. We had lots of kids come. Um, some rich, some poor, but they all came with uh, the same agenda. Um, they didn't want to be there, and they let you know about it, too. <laughs> and uh, that went on for quite a few years until um, my dad and uh, the social services had a disagreement on discipline, and uh, they didn't agree with discipline, my dad did. So <laughs> we had uh, about a year with no kids. And uh, then Indian Affairs uh, got a hold of us. That's what they were called at that time. And one told me we would take in some reservation kids. So we had a family meeting and we agreed. Yeah, we'll take some uh, reservation kids in. And that was a totally different story altogether. Um, we had I, I, probably a dozen kids come through, uh, right from little babies, six months old, right through again until they're 16 years old, who are some state for two days, two weeks, two years. Um, but they were different. Uh, they were glad to be there, and they didn't want to be anywhere else, and most of them cried. But growing up in that kind of environment um, was a little tough um, because I had to share everything. Back then, we had two bedrooms upstairs. One was the girls, one was the boys. It didn't matter how many kids were in our house. Um, so we shared our bed, we shared our clothes, we shared everything we have with these kids that came through, including our mom and dad. So when I graduated and I got out on my own, got a job, and found out I could spend money and buy things just for myself, and I didn't have to share with anybody. <laughs> and that was great. I loved it. And I loved fishing, and I bought lots of stuff. And I did lots of things, and I came, became possessive and selfish. And I, 1986 um, was a really good year. I met my, um, my wife, Lucy, and uh, we got married. Um, actually, we met before then, but we got married in 86. And in 1986, I graduated from uh, Kelsey Institute with my MBMR program for International German for so I could fix repair cars right across Canada, and that was good. Um, we got married, and we started family right away, and one of the things I loved to do was fish, 
and nor do I. I fish all the time. Um, two or three times a week, plus just about every weekend. Um, every chance I got after work, I was heading to the river to fish. And I didn't go very far, just the White Sand River. I mainly fished by Theater Dam, Pogo Bridge, Robin Bridge, Mississippi Park. And uh, it kind of took a toll on the stress on our relationship. Um, because um, just spending time away from family. And we had little kids. And it also took money. But that's, the, that's where I was at that time in my life. And then in 1990, I was, um, we'd been married for four years, and I was uh, going fishing after work one day, and uh, heading down the river, and uh, I just said a prayer, just like I'm, lots of times I've done in my life. I mean, I grew up in the church, and I said, God, just, just let me catch a couple of fish, man. Just let me catch a couple of fish. And uh, heading down the river, get to my fishing spot, and uh, walking up to the river bank, and I noticed something really strange, something really different here. Um, it, it, there was just like an, even an ambience about it. I walk up to the river bank, there's ducks in front of me, they aren't moving, they're not flying away. And two blue herons were there and they flew up and they landed in a tree right right across the river bank. And the river's only maybe 40 feet wide where I was and they're just sitting there watching me. And I could see this white thing coming down the river and um, it was actually coming up the river bank and I'm just standing there in awe. And it happens to be pelicans and lots of pelicans. And uh, they're just, they're coming right up, right up right beside me, and nothing scared, nothing scared. So I just, I don't know why, but I started counting these pelicans. I got to 25, and then they started to all lift off the, the water right in front of me, and then the wind was so strong, I had to close my eyes and cover my hand in front of my eyes. And uh, at that moment, you know, I, I, it was only seconds, and then they were gone. And I mean gone, I don't mean that they flew away. When I opened my eyes, there was nothing. There was no ducks, no blue herons, and no pelicans. And pelicans is a big bird. I mean, when it takes off flying, you see it for a long time. Uh, there was none. It was, they were all gone. And I felt this immediate sensation of guilt. Um, and these words, I, I didn't hear them because they weren't spoken. I felt these words. It said, you, you asked for two fish. Follow me. And that's what I heard. And I felt that, it's like a dream, but I felt that, um, those words. But the meaning or understanding that was inside me was way, way more than that. What I understood was that, you know, you ask for so little. I can give you so much. You know, follow me and see what I can do for you. And that was the understanding that I got out of all this. So I said yes. On that moment, um, I stayed fishing, I caught fish. <laughs> but I went home, and I was scared to tell Lucy, my wife, because she's probably gonna think a ploy so I can go fishing tomorrow. <laughs> but I go fishing, I'll admit, I was going fishing too much as it was. So, I didn't see anything for a couple of days, and then one evening, my dad said, I gotta tell you something. I gotta tell you something that happened to me at the river. So I told her, and she said, 
I, I knew there was something different about you. And uh, I said, I, I got to buy the Bible. I said, I, I have this burning sensation in me for knowledge, for for the Word of God. So I um, went out, bought a Bible, and the good Catholic boy that I was from growing up, I bought a King James Bible. And you know those things come in different translations? I, I, I never knew that. <laughs> right? So I get this Bible at home, and I open it up, and oh, yeah. You know, same kind of Bible I've read when I was going you know, to church and stuff like that. And, but I just can't get through fast enough, you know, because King James takes a little while to read, right? It's, it's nice, colorful language. So I told him, see, I, I, got, I got to go buy out another Bible. I got to go and buy another Bible and, and a different translation. So I bought a good news one and opened it up and reading. And, well, there's some things that are different here. So I, and then I went out and bought another Bible. And it, this one was the IV, and I'm going through that. And it, this, this one's pretty good, so I'm going back to it. And then we said that was enough. We got babies to feed. <laughs> so I, had, I, I ended up, I think, with three Bibles, and I'm, I started uh, reading, and I went to Sunday school. Um, I went to church. We started uh, going to uh, different uh, ministries and got involved in a lot of ministries throughout the next 10 to 15 years. Uh, got involved in camps. Uh, one of the major camps that I got involved in was Mad Lake Bible Camp. I was on the board there for many, many years. Um, actually, just a few years ago, I left, left the board. And, but anyway, about a um, few years 10, 15 years into this, um, we're, I was involved in a church, and it was a refocus program. It was in Lanigan, Saskatchewan, and uh, I was um, part of the leader team, uh, leadership team for that church. And we went there, and there was other churches going to this workshop seminar for rebuilding, uh, refocus on your church. And uh, while I was there, this instructor was there, and he was teaching there and he was telling us about taking our passion and giving it to the Lord and about how to do that with the church as an organization as well. And I thought, hey, this is great. And he, they come around and they ask you, you know, he asked me, what's your passion? I said, well, that's the guy I said, I like to fish. I, uh, he said, you know what, Mark? He said, I'm a fisherman too. And we started talking and I just got into fly fishing at that time. Here he belongs to the fly fishing club up in Saskatoon. And we hit off pretty good. And he says, you need to turn your passion to God. You need to turn it over to the Lord. Man. So that's probably the only thing I've got left. I've done everything else in all the mission fields and everything I like in ministry that I've done. I said, okay. So that uh, last day, because it was I don't think, two or three day course there, uh, last day I said, okay, I'll turn it over to the Lord. And I remember scribbling on there the name Fish on Adventures on the, on the notepad there. And, Coming home, I thought, oh, I'm going to tell Lucy this. I mean, this is more fishing, right? So anyway, in the evening, I told her, I said, uh, you know, I said, I want to start a fishing ministry. And she she goes to me totally out of the blue. And I never would have guessed she said this. She said, great, when do we start? So, yeah, shocked me, boy. Anyway, um, so we started. I said, I don't know. I said, well, I'll start with Magic Club Camp. I said, on the board there, and I'll start there. So uh, I mentioned it to the board there, and they saw my passion for it, and they said, it's great, well, you know, we'll, do, we'll, we'll go work with you on that. And so I was able to get it through as an outreach program through Magic Lake Bible Camp, 
And I, under CSSM, I believe, at that time, which is one of Canada now, and I got it registered using their charitable donation number. So, hey, anybody wants to give to my ministry, I can give them a tax receipt. And I needed that to get it started. So, Loose Me put up some money, Camp Work put up some money, we bought some equipment, and we're all done home, we're going to go with this. And then I ran into a drawback here. I ran into a problem. A lot of the kids that go to Magic Lake Bible Camp are over 16 years old. They all need fishing licenses. $25 a pot when you need 100 kids. That's a lot of fishing licenses. So what do I do? So got in touch with a friend, um, and he says, well, you know what? They got some maybe provisional fishing license or something like that. Maybe something that uh, can help you out that way. So I got a hold of Saskatchewan Fisheries. His name's Curtis, and I gave him a call, and he said, Martin, we don't have anything like that. All we got is a one- or two-day license, and you either have to be dignitary, you have to be special needs, or educational. And um, you're asking for a license from end of June to the middle of September? I said, yeah. He said, no, we don't have anything like that. And he said, you'd have to qualify under one of those three headings. And I said, well, the only thing I qualify is under the education. And he says, well, do you have teacher or anything uh, I need to like that qualification at the camp. I said, not all the time. No, we don't. He said, well, I'll put you, nick your name on it. He said, you draw up an education uh, uh, lesson outline, and we'll go see where we go from there. And I said, well, it can only be maybe 15 minutes long. I said, because these kids aren't going to sit in. I mean, they didn't come to camp to sit in classroom for an hour to listen about fishing. They want to go and fish. So I said, okay, I'll drop one page, 15-minute uh, thing. So I put on a couple of headings there. One of the headings was ecosystem. Uh, the other one was uh, renewable resources, uh, and then the last one was one that a lot of people never heard of back then, uh, was carbon footprint. And all I did was put that on there with some outlines, and that was the lesson program that the kids were going to be taught. So I faxed it to Curtis. He phones me back in an hour. He says, Martin, this looks good. I said, great, good. I get my license. It's home. Oh, no, no, no. There's no license like what you're asking for. I said, I'd have to get it drawn up. It'd have to pass the Saskatchewan Fisheries. It has to go through the provincial biologists, and then it has to go through the regional biologists for Duck Mountain Provincial Park. Wow. <laughs> that's what I said. Wow. <laughs> and now I've dealt with a lot of government uh, official and agencies and stuff like that before, and that's not one of the things they're noted for is speedy delivery <laughs> on legal documents. So I didn't have much hope. Um, <laughs> In that at all, so I thought, well, I guess maybe I'll run my program for 16, under 16. I, I didn't know where I was going to go with this then. So um, then the conversation with Curtis then at that time he said it was basically don't call us, we'll call you when we can get something worked out or whatever. So four days, I get a phone call. I'm at work. I'm at my desk there. I get a phone call four days uh, later, and I see on my phone it's Curtis from Saskatchewan Fisheries on the great. Now this is it. We're done. You know, because you can't help me out or whatever. And he says, the conversation goes something like this. It says, um, Martin, and I said, yeah. And he says, uh, we got your license. What's your address? So we can mail. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, amen. Unbelievable. <laughs> and he says, he continues on, he says, by the way, it's the only one in Saskatchewan, as far as we know, it's the only one in Canada. That exists to this day. Um, so I uh, 
I'm able to run the program magic like Bible camp, still do. Um, and kids go fishing. Um, they're all covered underneath this license as long as they're, you throw over 16 as long as they're uh, uh, registered as a camper. Like um, so I'm all gung ho. We run the program and it's going great, right, for the first year. Um, we bought the equipment and uh, about the third time I got called to camp, I knew I had to do something different. Um, the equipment wasn't holding up. I had broken rods, broken reels. Camp kids are hard on equipment. <laughs> um, so I have to do something different. I have to change up something. So I needed to deal with the company. Um, I wanted to deal with the local company, a Canadian company. I found Allison um, on the internet. Um, the equipment that they had that it was exactly what I needed. Fishing rod came with lifetime warranty, extra tips. So if they broke it, they can still continue fishing. Uh, I didn't have to run out there all the time. Um, so I gave them a phone call, and he says, this is what I'm looking at, this is what I'm doing. And they said, okay, yeah, we can put something like that together, a complete kit. How many kits do you need? I said, probably around six. And I said, how much are kits going to cost? And they said, about 350 to $390 each. And wow, that's a lot of money again. Um, I probably could have raised it or whatever, but I said, okay. Um, but the, I talked to her on the phone, and she said, well, I'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can get together, and I'll give you a call back. Well, I didn't expect to get a phone call back right away, but I remember getting a phone call back about a day later. And she says, yeah, we've got these kits together, Martin, if you want them. Um, I said, yeah, well, you know what, maybe we'll try two. I can't really afford to buy all six. She said to me, um, can you afford $100 for each kit? And I said, well, yeah. She said, we'll supply the rest. These people knew me from nobody. Nobody. Just phone call. Just like, wow. I said, okay, great. I said, um, yeah, I'll take all six. She said, okay, we'll get it together and we'll get it sent out to you. So, um, so I thought it was great. I was going to get these in a couple days. And so before the kids arrived, I get a phone call from Adamson again, and I thought, oh no, they, they got back out, they got to do something. This, only this time the guy's name's Kevin. And he says, Martin, I hear what you're doing. And I said, yeah, yeah. That's, and he tells me, yeah. He says, that's right, that's what you're doing. And he says, okay, great. He says, do you ever hear about being a pro staff fisherman? I said, I was pretty quiet on the, I was random, and I was kind of shocked. He said, oh, we'd like you to be pro staff for Adamson. Still didn't say nothing. Says, you know what pro staff is? I said, boy, I mean, I didn't tell him. I was just thinking this. Well, I, don't, I know what it means. I, I've read a lot of fishing magazines. I've watched a lot of fishing shows. I said, I know what pro staff fishing is. He says, well, we want you to be pro staff fisherman for a company. And uh, I said to him, I said, well, I think you're the wrong person. I said, I said, I've got, you know, quite a few fish, but I haven't got any big fish. I haven't won any tournaments. And, Anything like that. And he says, oh, no, Myron. He says, we don't want to sponsor you for what you've done. We want to sponsor you for what you're doing. Awesome. Wow. Amen. So I said, okay. Oh, and by the way, he says we want to give you a web page on the National Pro Staff website. And I says, well, what does that do? He says, oh, anybody that Googles your name, when you Google your name, Google my name, you'll click on it. 
And up comes my web page, tells you what I'm all doing, fish I've caught this year, the previous match, like Bob Camp, what I'm all involved in. I said, wow, okay. And uh, he goes, uh, what do you need for, you know, your personal uh, side of it, for your fishing and stuff? And I said, well, I got just what I So, well, we'd like you to use our equipment. So just make a list of whatever you need, and we'll supply it to you for the first year free of charge. <laughs> and then every year after that, 50%. <coughs> Whatever you need, whatever you want. And it's still running to this day. Amazing. You know, when that leader told me to turn my passion of fishing over to God, he said, Mark, you can never dream of what the Lord will do. And I I kind of chuckled at him at the beginning because I said, man, you don't know who I am. I can dream pretty big. <laughs> but I could never have dreamt where I sit today with my fishing on ministry. And, you know, don't ever be scared of turning whatever you're good at, whatever your passion is, over to God. Because um, he'll, he'll turn your life right around. And that's, that's my story. Thanks. <laughs>